Ladies and gentlemen, the house is now open and featuring on the stage with me tonight is the wonderful actress, singer and just overall great person and great friend, Melissa Livermore. How are you doing, Mel? Oh, thanks, Scott. I'm good, thanks. How are you? I'm not too bad. Literally, one thing like I've been saying to a lot of people on these episodes is the fact I'm just happy to have a catch up with all my friends, to be honest. Yeah, it's just nice to have a natter, isn't it? Yeah, always <laughs> want to a- listen to it, that's the bonus. This will be uploaded for your enjoyment, everyone. But if you're not listening, I just get a catch up with my mate. So I'm good. Yes, yes, absolutely. <laughs> so how have you been coping with lockdown, Mel? Oh, you know, up and down, really. It's just been bizarre. It's just been bizarre. Like we're living through something that's never happened, you know, to our generation before. And we're just trying to cope from day to day, really. Not put too much pressure on ourselves. Yeah. At the start, like it was very much kind of looking to the future, you know, when will this end? And I've kind of now got to the point where I'm just like, you know what, I'm just going to settle into it. And what happens, happens. I I can't look for an end site now because it's just, you know, getting longer and longer and longer. We'll get there, we will, I promise. But it's, yeah, you just got to take, live in the present and, you know. Take it a day at a time, as they say. I think so. I think that's the best way to go at the moment. The one thing I think our generation is now going to be like, we always have our older generation saying, oh, you think you got it so tough. We had to live through two world wars and all that. And like when yeah, we're yeah. when we're in retirement homes and just like in our rocking chairs I and know. everything, we'll be saying it's like, you, we had to live through coronavirus. You didn't have to live through that. I, know. <laughs> I, I sometimes imagine like grandchildren be like, what was the pandemic like? <laughs> well, it was just boring, really. Just stay at home, mate. There was some sort of like civil war over toilet paper, if I recall. Oh, oh, well, yes. Don't now, whatever you do, don't talk to granddad about toilet paper because it really triggers him. (laughs) Old granddad Adam had a problem with toilet paper. Oh, what a lovely ditty. (laughs) (laughs) You hear, do you first, people? The toilet paper musical. (laughs) They're off blooming Yeah. I don't want any COVID musicals. I'm not adding this to the reject or anything, but please, no COVID musicals. (laughs) Well, did you hear Michael Bay, the director, is apparently making a film about the coronavirus? Is this the Kenneth Branagh thing? Or are you talking about something else? Michael Bay's the director of Transformers, all oh, the action-packed films oh, and all I that. I, I haven't heard anything about the Kenneth Branagh thing, but maybe well, it's the same thing. But I think the Kenneth Branagh thing is a series and he's playing Boris Johnson through the pandemic. And I'm just like, no, I'm living through that. I don't need it to be dramatised. Yes, Kenneth Branagh's great, but no, no. Kenneth, we can watch it on the news. I mean, YouTube's exactly. a thing. We can go back and watch all of those articles. Why would you do that? It's just happening now. Maybe in like 20 years, fair enough, but really? It's like the Netflix film they released with Benedict Cumberbatch playing Dominic Cummins. I'm just like, do yeah. we have to relive Brexit again? Oh, yeah, yeah. I didn't watch that actually, but I did want to, but I know what you mean. Yeah. It's an all right much. film. Like he plays it pretty well, but I'm just like... Do we have to revisit this? Exactly, yeah. It just triggers us all, doesn't it? <laughs> oh, yes. Right then, before we actually get into like the main portion of everything, I'd like to do with my guests a would you rather, Mel. So don't worry, mm. this isn't going to be anything explicit or anything like Are that. Are you sure, Scott? I am Are sure. You look, sure? look, we spent You're three years... going to bring up Medea. In... <laughs> <laughs> I hadn't thought of it, but now you mention it. <laughs> me, me and Scott were in Medea. We, yeah, we a Greek a tragedy and... 
we were living in the same I household. I think we went through a bit Belgium. of trauma then, Scott, didn't we? <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. I remember everywhere I went afterwards, and I just see copies of the play in the library <laughs> or just anywhere else. I'm just like, stop just following, following me. <laughs> and fun That's fact hilarious. for all the listeners, that was the first time I ever went bold. Yes. It was, re- it was a big shock when you went bold, but now it's just normal. Really yeah, everyone was you. just like, I can't believe you've done it. It's like, well, you know what? It's fine. You yeah. were like into the role. Trooper a Welsh people. prick, as I like to call him. <laughs> were, you, were, you, were you told to do that? Did he tell you, did the director tell you to shave your Yeah, he, well, he asked me to, if I would consider doing like a number one shave all over. Okay. And I thought, ah, sure, why not? And at first I thought he meant my beard. I didn't think he meant <sighs> my hair. So right. I came in one day like, shaved the beard just a number one and he was just like you're not going to do the hair i was just like oh you meant the hair all right sorry Um... oh and then (laughs) before i actually get into anything else the funniest thing was i was in the midst of shaving my head and then all of a sudden my battery died (laughs) (gasps) oh and i did it like from the top (laughs) first so literally i looked like blimmin igor or some mad scientist what have i done I was just glad none of you were in the house. To be fair, I oh yeah, yeah, well you had no idea. (laughs) You're just sitting on your bed waiting for your batteries to charge. When will the razors charge for me, lovely? Oh God, bless you. Right, onto the would you rather section. So, like I said, Mel. So what I'm going to do, I'm just going to give you two things, and then I want you to give me the first thing that comes into your head. You can give a description of why if you want to, but you don't have to. Oh, yeah. All right. Let's do it. Okay. The first one is Tangled or Frozen? <gasps> Scott, that's <laughs> I... pretty difficult. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say Frozen because it's about sisterly love and I have three sisters and it's it so it means a lot in that sense it's not just your normal Disney fairy tale it's a different kind of love and I really related to that and oh my god the songs love the I songs. know tell me about it you're not rejecting the other one you can still watch Tangled Lee thank you I do have permission to watch it thank you yeah this isn't the reject or recall portion yet so we're <laughs> Chinese or Indian takeaway Chinese good shout Easy. Yeah. Stella or Gavin and Stacey? Love them both, but Gavin and Stacey, it's, it's a classic. Yeah, it was kind of like the, um, the launching pad for Stella. So if there wasn't Gavin and Stacey, yeah. there would be no Stella. Stella's lovely. It's I just think of it more of, yeah, like you say, like a branch off of Gavin and Stacey and it's its own little world, but yeah. it's not quite the big world of Gavin and Stacey. I would With Gavin and Stacey, it appeals to more demographics and more nationalities as well, whereas like yeah, Stella is true. primarily Purely focused Welsh. to Wales. Very Welsh. It's so cute. <laughs> there we go. Next one. Relaxed or adventurous holiday? I'm going to be really boring and say relaxed. It's probably quite a boring thing to say. But Not at all. Like you, if you're the sort of person who just wants to be on a sun lounger reading the book, Adam just love a chill because we think of holidays as a you know to escape from normal life and just yeah. let go and mm-hmm. relax. And we love exploring and we love exploring the new area we're in. But you know, you will find us lounging around a lot on holiday. <laughs> yeah, that's the best way to be. Heavy snow or heavy rain? Heavy snow, I think, because you get it less 
so it's a bit more special i've been enjoying the snow recently because it's just pretty to look at even if you don't go out it's yeah. just it's made it really bright in our flat like it's so nice and it's just and like the ice all around yeah very snow that's why you went for frozen at the start <gasps> there we go linkedin <laughs> all makes sense. Ah. and last one there shouldn't be too hard Gryffindor, Hufflepuff, Ravenclaw, or Slytherin? I did this quite recently, mm-hmm. and I think I'm actually Ravenclaw. Which oh, good show. Surprised me. So I'll say Ravenclaw because nice. I think that's the house I'm in. A lot of people I speak to, like, I don't hear a lot of people saying they're from Ravenclaw. I hear loads I of people say they're Hufflepuff or Gryffindor. The odd few people say Slytherin, but on a rare occasion, I get Ravenclaw, so. But my confusion is that I think I've done the test a few times and they've always been different. <laughs> so <laughs> I can just pick and choose. No, but I think recently it was Ravenclaw. I'm going to go with that. <laughs> and if, if anyone wants to get offended for the fact we've mentioned anything to do with Harry Potter differentiate the art from the artist that's all i'm gonna say i agree i I am still a wholehearted harry potter fan despite Mm. what has happened (laughs) and you'll be delighted to hear mel that is the end of the would you rather run so no more stress about that but let's get into the nitty gritty of this so if you're a first-time listener here on the reject or recall podcast myself and my lovely guest and in this circumstances is melissa we are going to be on a metaphorical audition panel where we have the dirty deed to decide whether things get rejected or recalled from the space or the world of the performing arts so melissa are you ready to go oh i'm so ready What is the first thing or person auditioning for us today, Melissa, and why are you rejecting it? The first thing I would like to reject is what I'm going to call Twitter teaser announcements. Let's call it TTAs for short, okay? This isn't about people telling others what they've just got a part in, like, I'm thrilled to announce. That's that's absolutely fine. Completely understand. You want to share your happy news. This is about people who like to go exciting news to share soon watch this space or they might say I've just booked the most amazing job but I must keep my lips sealed I can't tell you anything about it oh my god Scott (laughs) it drives me mad because you're not telling us what the job is you're just basically saying "Mm, I've just booked something really cool but I'm not going to tell you it's trying to keep us in suspense but actually I mean, for me, it just it's just annoying. It's a massive turnoff, in my opinion. If anything, yeah. it just means that you're being a complete up-yourself arsehole. It's just like, oh, look at this bucket I've got. But you don't know what it is. Yeah, I just feel like it's showing off unnecessarily. Like, I, I don't... Like, if people say, I'm thrilled to announce I've just booked a West End gig, that's amazing. I'll be happy for them. That's fab. But if you're just going online to say you've booked something that you can't tell them... They're just asking for people to be like, oh my God, babe, what have you got? You've got to tell me all of that. Oh, DM me, babes, all that sort of crap. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. And like within this as well, this might be controversial. I'm not sure. You crack on, I, you say I, whatever you I want really in this space. I really don't like the hashtag actor's life. I don't okay, like it. Okay. I don't like it. Because, <laughs> because my reason for it is because Again, it just feels like, oh, it's so hard to be an actor, a hashtag actor's life. And it just feels like, I can't really, I 
can't, I don't know how to explain it. <laughs> it's, it would like be like a chef or a cook, like very yeah, big you don't in have profession. it for any other job. Yeah, it's like, it. oh, I cooked a spaghetti bolognese today. Chef, chef rice. Exactly. Like... Oh my God, Scott. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, why are we showing off about our actor's life? Like, I get that we're trying to get some self-esteem from the work we do and the hard work we do as well. You know, just learn my lines, hashtag actor's life. But mm-hmm. I don't think people care. I think the thing is, well, like now you've mentioned it, like the hashtag mm. actor's and life. To, to be clear, I, I have I have used this hashtag, so I am guilty of oh, it. Don't oh, worry. Same. Yeah, don't worry if you have used it, because <laughs> I've definitely used it in the past, but now on, I will not be using it. But carry on. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, like, I think the way that you've described it to me now, I think that people expect hashtag actor's life has to be a certain way of living or like you yeah. have to be doing like a I'm certain Trying to make thing. it a cool lifestyle and actually the acting industry, the creating arts industry, it's really, you know, hard. You know that it's difficult. Mm. It's, you've got to work hard. And yeah, this actor's life, you're trying to show it off in this, oh, it's so easy to be an actor. It's not. <laughs> no, definitely not. I Like I had Natalie on you, one of the other guests on one of the previous episodes, and we were talking about this whole point of comparing yourself in a negative way. So say no, if like you were on Twitter and you posted something like you'd just been on set working on like an ITV drama, and then I was at home thinking, oh, I kind of wish I was there sort of thing. I think that's kind of where like the actor's life hashtag is like thinking, oh, I need to be doing exactly what this person is to be successful, if that makes sense. And obviously social media is a whole other conversation and it's it can be very, very hard on your mental health when you're constantly seeing the happy side of people's lives. You only see half of people's lives on social media. You only share the good news most of the time. So if you're constantly going through your wall or, you know, this isn't necessarily just Twitter either. It can be on other social medias. Of course. But if you're constantly seeing people going, I've got, I've just put something amazing, but I can't tell you or hashtag actors life. Like you're probably already picturing, oh my God, they put this, West End job or, or they're going to be in this feature film when actually yeah. maybe they've just got a line in EastEnders yeah. and that's obviously that's amazing too but yeah, they're making it much bigger than it needs to be to make them look amazing and look at their step up in the career you're not sharing anything to other people you're not bringing anything to them who read yeah. it it's all for yourself which mm. is why I don't like TTAs mm. <laughs> I remember, I'll tell you a story. I was working on a independent film years ago before we went to university. And mm. basically the way it was pitched to me, like after I went to the audition, it was made out that I got like this big, massive part where in actuality, it was just a supporting artist role, which there's nothing wrong with that at all. Because like if we didn't have extras in film or TV, then we'd have very empty spaces and yeah, the camera would not be able to justify anything good. But yeah. Just tell me honestly, it's like, oh, you didn't get the part you auditioned for, but would you be interested in a supporting role or like an extra role or something like that? Just so like you are associated with the production. Be honest with me. Don't bullshit me. Just don't like make up. It's like, for example, like say now if you were booked in a Marvel project and Marvel Studios were making out that you were going to be the next, I don't know, Black Widow or something like that. And then all of a sudden Mm. it's like, oh, I'm the henchman in the battle who's like, 400 from the back (laughs) yeah 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 it's interesting isn't it it's a whole kind of worms but um yeah those are my feelings 
there we are. So to go <laughs> back to the point originally of like a tease on yeah. social media, if anything, I reckon you should all be like you and McGregor because he knew for ages that there was going to be an Obi-Wan series, but he yeah. never went on social media talking about, oh, I've just had a <laughs> conversation with Disney and LucasArts. Yeah. So I'm yeah. gonna, like you say, I think it's fine to put on Twitter or any social media saying I've just been booked for this gig. Yeah. I have um, got myself in the West End or I'm mm-hmm, going to be working mm-hmm. on this project. Mm. Absolutely fine. Yeah. But when you don't give any information, <laughs> that is just a tease. And it's, it's like, a tease nah. and you're not. Yeah. No one's getting anything from that. It's just annoying. People that go on social media and tease and not give you any information or make it out that it's the biggest thing ever gets rejected from this audition. Yeah. So it's going down the trap door Woo-hoo. and it's going to the bottom of the studio. <laughs> right then. So we are one for one on the Reject or Recall podcast and not a bad start to the audition day, Melissa. So what is the second thing that is auditioning for us and what is it done that you want to reject it so much from the industry? Okay. This one might take a little bit of explaining, so bear with me. That is absolutely fine. The stage is yours. <laughs> So this one is about asking other actors, how's acting going or what have you been doing acting wise over the last few months? And what I mean by this is not not your close friends asking, because that's fair enough. Your close friends want to know how you're doing and what's going on with you. And you can easily reply truthfully and be like, oh, you know what? It's been really, really hard. But this is in, in instances, it's happened to me many, many times where maybe you've met you're meeting strangers at a workshop maybe you've just bumped into someone you haven't seen for months maybe you're in a play together or something like that and one of the first things that they ask you is oh so what acting work have you been doing the reason I don't like this is because for me I instantly feel like hot-headed and I'm like oh my god I've got to reel off my CV to them uh what amazing things have I done to make them me worthy of their conversation because it makes me think they're judging me on what I've been doing acting wise for the last few months so I need to come up with a sufficient answer for them to be satisfied (laughs) with but also they're they're comparing what I've been up to with what they've been up to and so obviously the only answer I maybe can ask back is oh so what have you been up to and then we just go down that rabbit hole talking about acting when actually I think the conversation is more um refreshing if we're asking you know how are you how are you coping these last few months what hobbies have you been up to how's your family more personal things like that because you'll get a lot more truth out of that person than asking them their acting work because you're asking you're basically saying that's your worth yeah and in my opinion like I've probably had one big kind of job a year that's it and then maybe a few little things but if it's been like six months since that big job, I, I can't say it, I did that. Maybe I will just so that I have an answer. But yeah. then I'll go away thinking, oh, well, I feel a bit crap now. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, because you're expected or like you feel like there's this sort of expectation on you where you have yeah. to say you've done this extravagant job that's paid you yeah. God knows how much. It's like, but everybody works differently. And this is yeah. the thing. People do things at their own pace and they do different things on different scales. We might be having a conversation and like you might turn around and say, I was in a advert for Lloyd's Bank or something like that. And then I turn around to you and say, oh, I was in a little independent short film. If I was in, say I was 
amazingly this would be great uh, if I was in like an amazing film the other week mm -hmm. if I tell that person oh I just I just did this amazing film last week or oh, and then go off on a ramble about it I could then be making them feel shit from my yeah. answer so what good is it because I it's the truth actors are constantly comparing we we obviously need to stop that we need yeah. to be supportive of each other we are really supportive of each, each other and actors are so great and I love being in in a room with actors but there is also this underlying judgment I have a story go on I do have a story no you crack on so <laughs> a few years ago I went to this casting director workshop which I had to pay for you know as you yeah, do yeah. we're in this circle as all drama workshops start with a circle and sitting on chairs and the first thing the casting director did was basically ask us to go around in a circle and basically lift list off our cv and I was half, I was about halfway in the circle. And I'm not going to lie, every single person before me, had, I had obviously compared myself with them from what their jobs were. And nearly all of them had been in the West End or done a commercial or done a film. And then it got to me. And I, I felt awful because she wasn't asking me about who I am as a person, mm. what I like, what my interests are. She was judging me as well as the other actors, because that's what we do. We're going to compare. We're going to listen and judge to what my, you know, my work is. And I'm proud of the work I've done. Don't get you me wrong. Like I am. But when I'm comparing with people who have amazing agents and, you know, have been working abroad and things like that, I'm instantly going to feel a little bit smaller than them. So that happened. And then we had to do the scene that we'd been working on. But I was just like, it completely tainted the workshop for me because I'd already been judged on my past work and not purely judged on the performance that I could give in the scene. Mm. So I was like, yeah, that's, that is probably the main reason I've put this in my reject because I just think it's not good for each, for each other's mental health. It's not serving either of either of us if we're yeah. asking that person and I get that it's a habit it's definitely a habit to just instantly go so how, how's acting going have you got an agent have you got this it, yeah. is, it is a habit and it's very easy to slip into that but I think we need to train ourselves out of asking that and just just simply ask how are you doing something like that and also um, something that one of my previous guests brought up Mark James he basically <laughs> said that when non-actors always say the same thing. When are we going to see you in EastEnders? Oh, yeah, yeah. I was going <laughs> to go on to that. Yeah, yeah. I completely, like, like that I completely thing. agree. Like, that's like strangers. When they ask, oh, what's, what's your job? Oh, I'm an actor. Oh, what have I seen you in? That's, I completely agree there. Yeah, uh, it's awful. I hate that. I just go, oh, nothing you would have seen. <laughs> <laughs> but again, yeah. there's this whole um, expectation of it. Like, I remember when a friend of mine who was in college he would say like how certain actors, like say, no, if you'd seen him in like a film, like from years ago, like mm. I'll give you an example. Have you ever seen the film, The Warriors? No, I haven't. Really great film. Like it's mm -hmm. all about like gang warfare and stuff like that. And it was made in the seventies. And basically this guy who was in college with me, he would always say the same thing. Oh yeah. Well, only one of them really did anything like afterwards. Just And I was oh, thinking, yeah. hold on, you're comparing his IMDB page. That's so true. Yeah. And the thing is, you don't know what these actors are they going through in their own lives. They could have set up a charity as well. They could have left acting, set up a charity, raised millions of 
plans you just don't know I always think of that like with footballers as well because obviously they have to retire early and I always think I wonder what they do like obviously a lot of them become commentators and coaches and all those types of things but I'm like they they have that pressure to suddenly go what am I going to do with my life (laughs) yeah but going back to like the whole reason that we want to talk about this is Mm. I think the actors and especially non-actors need to get in their heads ask different questions don't I know it's obvious like to say Mm. it's like oh what have you been in what are you working on at the moment and the one thing I absolutely hate is when people say to you are you acting right now oh yeah I'm just like what do you say to that it's like no I'm not even here I'm just I'm a figment of your imagination (laughs) yeah yeah absolutely and I think um my family really good at this they don't they don't ask me like so what, what acting jobs you do or, or what auditions have you gone in they mm. they wait for me to tell them my news if I've got oh you know I've got an audition coming they, then they'll ask me questions and I think that's what we need to get into the pattern of like allow the other person to reveal something if they want to talk about acting great if they don't they don't you know yeah. there shouldn't be pressure to do that and it also kind of there's a side note to this as well that I've often come across is people asking me so what drama school did you go to and I'm like why are you making that assumption and why does every actor have to have gone to drama school I've been asked that so many times and I go you know oh I didn't go to drama school I actually went to uni and stuff and did acting Mm -hmm. and I'm proud to say that I'm proud of the university that I went to but Mm -hmm it makes me feel smaller than them because I didn't go to drama school. It's another thing that I feel I'm being judged on. And there are so many actors out there who haven't had no training, who didn't even go to uni and are amazing actors. So don't judge me on that either. I'm rejecting this myself, is the people who think that if you haven't gone to a drama school or a performance-based institute, Mm. you're not going to make any sort of living as an actor. And Mm. I always say this, it's the actor that makes the career, not the education that you've got. Yeah, like people absolutely. always say, it's like, oh, drama schools help you with your thing. It's like, yeah, but that all depends on how much work you want to put in. Like I know yeah. loads of people yeah. who've gone to drama school and they've done nothing afterwards because yeah. they just think, oh, I've graduated now. I've got an agent. I'm just going to sit back and let them do all the work for yeah. me. Yeah, and exactly. I can't remember. Like I will say to anyone that's listening that wants to, consider getting into the performing arts industry or if you're an actor or if you're having like a rough time order a book called the golden rules of acting by andy nineman i've got it here i've got it up here oh it's a fantastic it's a fantastic read it's only like a hundred pages long and a lot of it is just like quotes and joins and there's a statistic in there that basically says like the amount of actors that come out of drama school that don't get consistent work and that's fine because if you wanted to work a nine till five position for 300 plus days of the year you go work in an office yeah and the golden rule in his book be happy you'll work more exactly it's all about your happiness you know your mental health keeping yourself feeling good even if that means you're not acting just Mm. do what makes you feel better and what makes you feel good definitely But I think I definitely agree with you on the point, Melissa, where we basically say that the people, the actors, non-actors or any non-performers or whoever never say the phrase, are you acting right now? What is the latest thing you've done? Because it's all personal preference. And I still say to people, 
like one of my most favorite jobs that I have ever done was when we worked on the Reluctant Dragon touring production. Yeah. And that was six years yeah. ago. And people like exactly. saying, oh, but that was six years ago. Doesn't matter. I, That's I one of the biggest things I've done. Had, I recently spoke about that in a large chunk of a cover letter for um, a children's production because yeah. it was an outdoor children's production. And then I got a, um, I got asked to self-tape. So I was like, well, that piece of work out of uni that we didn't get any money for, we just did it for fun and it was fab. Yeah. It helped, it helps all these years later, you know? Exactly. It's not, it's not about the last job you did. Like, can you imagine if you went um, applying for a children's acting theatre production and then the last thing you talk about that you were in was like yeah. this over 18 slasher thriller film? It's like, <laughs> doesn't quite match up with what you're applying. So, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I totally true. agree with you. The whole concept of saying, are you an actor or saying the wrong questions to performers yeah. and making them feel rough. It's getting rejected, so it's getting out of the business, in my opinion. Trapdoor's been opened. It's down there. Bye-bye. Bye. Two for two, Melissa. i got to say, yes. you are on a roll. I We've should become together. a defence lawyer. I'm very persuasive. <laughs> I think you should. I mean... <laughs> maybe not. Maybe you should apply for Law and Order enough. if they um, come back. I don't think I'm scary enough, Scott. I, I don't know. You have played Medea and you that's, intimidated me a lot. That's true. That's true. I've lived with her for nearly a year. So, yeah, <laughs> she's scary. She has experience. <laughs> I still have therapy for it. Don't see her in the morning. <laughs> she's a witch. Give her a coffee. She'll I be fine then. I was born on Halloween, so I could be a witch. <laughs> if they ever do a Nightmare Before Christmas live action and you're not casting <laughs> it, I'm going to write a formal complaint to Disney. Please do. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Melissa, we're on the third factor for today. In our audition space, what has come through the door and why do you want to reject it today? What has it done that has rubbed you oh, the wrong way? I hope I'm not coming across too cynical. <laughs> uh, my third reject is inappropriate, unfiltered casting calls. Okay, now, yeah. this is about casting calls that are scams want to take your money they're asking you for money to send them a photo or something ridiculous like that mm. um low to no pay casting calls i can understand yeah. some to a degree but a lot of them are not good enough say nudity for like a really small low budget film or a student uh, film I've oh, seen no no yeah, yeah 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 not not needed not needed um oh one of my favourites, uh, asking for real life people. I don't, I have never understood that. I see that on stuff like Star Now and Casting Now, yeah, and there's always yeah, this sort yeah. of thing where it's just like, oh, we're looking for real life couples who are actually real just people. Yeah, I'm like, well, what are you casting? Are you casting a documentary, uh, a reality am show? Am I a robot? I, I didn't yeah. know I had to to work out if I was a real person or not. Like they never specify like what the project is for. So it's like, hang on, this is a little bit cheaty. Yeah, or say they're asking for real couples and it's like, well, why can't you just get two actors pretending to be a couple? I think mm. we're capable of that. But yeah. honestly, yeah, so. Oh, well now you go <laughs> on, you've, main... just, Sorry, you've just yeah. reminded me of a story like when mm. we were in university. Um, Ooh, we were all, we were sat in this little space with a theatre practitioner and create our own pieces and stuff like that. 
And we got on the subject of the theory of everything, the film with Eddie Redmayne yeah. playing Stephen Hawking. Oh, and I know she, where you're going. Yeah, you know the one. But for my dear listeners, I want you to ask yourself this. If you haven't got the condition that Stephen Hawking had when he was alive, can you play the role of Stephen Hawking? <laughs> Because literally this woman was saying, it's like, oh, I don't think he should have played that role because he doesn't have the condition. And in my head, I'm thinking, well, if that's the case, then you have to recast that entire role throughout the different stages of his life. Because how is somebody who is at the early stages going to know what it's like to be at the later stages? Mm, It's It's called acting. It's a very complex issue, isn't it? Yeah. It's basically, to put it broadly, it's casting calls that, waste my time because they're not legit or or they're just they're not appropriate to the professional industry that is theater or film or commercials all of that yeah in terms of the money side of it like I see so many casting calls that it's like boasting that oh this is this is a feature film it's gonna be great uh you get 70 pounds a day you're like no 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 if this is a feature film you'd have a budget for a lot more than that so that's a scam that's yeah you've got your priorities very wrong there kind of thing one time I even saw a casting where the payment was a sandwich I mean (laughs) that was actually in the description yeah it said you'll you'll get a sandwich now I'm thinking what sandwich are we talking here are we talking a baguette are we talking an M&S is it chicken we, teriyaki? Is it tuna? Or are we talking it... like a garage sandwich, you know? Mm. I need to, you know, know my uh, <laughs> how worthy I am of this sandwich. I so, mean, yeah, that was, uh, that was quite a shock when I saw that. I, I've uh, heard about um, productions not being able to pay, but they cover food expenses. But Jesus. Like, I, get, just specific... I get with student films, that's fine. Like, of yeah. course, they, they don't. So some film schools, which is amazing, do have a budget to pay for actors, and that's fab. If you want to do a student film that's free, I completely get why. Like, you're getting footage, decent footage as well, because they want to be, you know, film directors and things like that. Mm-hmm the no pay for you know a a film and just like "Mm, I don't think that's worth my time my friend Um, I think the thing is well because there's so many platforms now where people are able to put up casting calls yeah it's so easy to do it it's like if you go on mandy.com or like um star now or anything there Mm. is a section where you can list a job and you don't have to be a premium member so it's just like supposedly people working behind the scenes are filtering these casting calls but they're certainly not doing good enough job because i see these constantly and it's so Mm. belittling and a waste of our time when we click on it and read it and go oh great another one of those into the darker side of it i've seen some that are like you know, you're going to be doing a sex scene and possibly with the director. And I've seen send, you need to send a picture in your bikini for to be considered. And Sleazy. No. I'm sorry, but some vulnerable people who are desperate for a job will say yes. And they're yeah. putting themselves in a dangerous position. And it's just not appropriate. I I think a lot of the time now people are spotting them and they're, they're reporting them. And luckily these casting calls are being pulled down. Yeah. But the fact that they're being put up is just not good enough. <laughs> Ugh, I, I, don't, I don't understand people at all. I'm just like, treat yeah. people with respect and decency. But there's just bad people out there who just don't care, do they? Yeah. And it's just, it's just the worry when there's 
people who don't spot it and don't realize and and go to that audition that is at someone's house you know yeah. which is not right you should never go to an audition at a house it should always be in a in a, in a building you know yeah the only a time i've building. ever gone to a house for an audition was because it was a student film and if they specifically said like we couldn't yeah. book a space out today and yeah. i was just like okay you're students i understand it i've been and you there, know what so- a quick google you always, they always have to put a name or like a company to the casting yes. call a quick google will tell you if they're legit or not like from now on like i i don't waste my time i will always google the name or the company if i'm unsure of the casting yeah. And if they don't come up in Google, then who are they? They've clearly not established themselves. So I'm not going to waste my time writing a cover letter or sending that self-tape. It's and just, it's so easy yeah. to set up a website. Uh, yeah, yeah. Like true. Wix is free. There's loads of sites where you can make your own website and everything. And again, that can be a backlash as well, because like I said about the casting calls, anybody can put one on, but if you've gone through the effort to make yourself a genuine website and you've actually got like a domain name and everything, then I'm thinking, okay, that you seem to have done some. Yeah. Showing past work and things like that. Mm. Yeah. And like casting calls that have just no information. Like they just say, need a young girl to play a daughter. I'm like, okay, in what, What's the story? When's it being put on? What am I being paid for it? Who's the director? Nothing. So it's just like, well, you've not put, even if it's a legit casting, like if you've not put, been bothered to write information about it, Mm. I'm not going to inquire because I can't be bothered, mate. (laughs) I I do not blame you at all. It's just a waste of everybody's time and it looks even worse. And then, it could be the case like these are the most genuine companies out there and they just don't bother to put any detail into a casting call. They think, oh, well, this doesn't really have a character because it's supposed yeah. to be a silent piece. Yeah, but you can go in and give at least a paragraph about what story you want to tell. Yeah, and that just makes you think, well, they're not going to think deeply into who's applying. They're just going to flick through them really quickly. And you're just like, well, that um, no, no, thank yeah. you. Yeah. Mike, here's a question before I make the ultimate call of whether it gets recalled or rejected. Mm. Do you think, like, obviously, because we both went to a university to specialize in performing arts and acting, do you think, like, institutes or even drama classes should give, like, lessons on what to look out for, like the warning signs of dodgy casting calls? Definitely. Yeah. I I I don't think, like we even knew spotlight until our third year i don't think i joined spotlight till like april and then the next month we were going to graduate i didn't know how to navigate the site or anything i didn't really understand it and yet there we are jetted off into our (laughs) abyss of nothingness into the world of acting not knowing how to even get the work so yeah definitely the basics of using these sites and also what to look for in a contract you know simple things like that um you know how to look for um people who are maybe not in your best interests yeah i agree yeah that would be definitely a good thing to teach you yeah because i think when i first left university like you say because we found out about spotlight and agents like so late Mm, in the game i think because like once i got out of university i was so desperate to get like an acting job doing yeah. anything and I was just yeah. thinking to myself oh, well yeah, if, yeah. if I don't do it I'm going to be working in somewhere like Tesco or Argos the for the rest of my life of but people. yeah nobody tells you 
that it's okay to have resting periods. Like on the last point that we were mm. talking about, where it's like people asking you about what you've been oh, yeah. acting in or yeah. what you've been doing. Don't feel like you have to take every single job that comes up because literally if that's, I would rather see a resume that has maybe a select few projects on there. Like I'll take you for example, Mel, like I see the reluctant dragon on there, a couple of the university productions, the productions you worked in where it was taken around schools and everything because I'm like, okay, you've taken the time to actually look into these jobs. Whereas like some people will just be like, and some of them is just like, wait, you were a bin man for this garbage theater production. I'm like, what? hang on. I'm just thinking, wait a minute. I'll ask them about it, but I'm thinking, Hmm, maybe you just say yes to anything. Resting is a part of acting it's it, not resting as in lying in bed resting but no, no, in no. terms of not having work it's the norm it's not uh uncommon you know only the top two percent in the acting industry are working all the time let's be clear on that you've been listening <laughs> so, to the 98 percent podcast oh absolutely of course i love it <laughs> yeah it's brilliant it's brilliant the final point on the casting calls as well i think mm-hmm. it kind of it goes under the real life people description but it's the descriptions where it's like, we need a, a, a best friend who's not too attractive. And you're like, oh, okay. So I have to judge my attractiveness when I apply for this role and already feel a bit crap because I'm going, yeah, I'm not too attractive. I'm going to apply for that. <laughs> it's like, maybe think about a bit more sensitive language when you're describing yeah. a character. So they always call um, not attractive people quirky, don't they? They go, oh, we want quirky looking people. And I'm like, yeah, you just mean people who aren't the average Joes like yeah your average Joes who are beautiful in their own right but who you're gonna call quirky (laughs) yeah like they might as well just have those casting calls and say it's like yeah we're looking for the leading man the guy who's ripped to shreds muscles the size of Bournemouth great head of hair and then we want oh we want the best friend who's kind of like yeah still good you look decent Maybe not every girl would chase after you, but still decent. I'm like, yeah, yeah look, just say you want an ugly schmuck, okay? Uh, <laughs> and I mean, like, look, I'm a bald guy with a beard. Not the best um, relationship status at the moment. So oh, I'm just like, Scott. look, if you're going to pay me, just... You look great. Fucking... Oh, I thank you, darling. <laughs> <laughs> but again, like, I know... This is um, before nine o'clock, so I'm not going to make this too raunchy. (laughs) (laughs) Careful. Careful. (laughs) Don't worry, I haven't got any sponsors to please yet. (laughs) We're still on the uh, children's theatre side of things. Yeah, okay. (laughs) And going back to the overall point is that Mm. dodgy casting calls, unspecified casting calls, or casting calls that just waste your time or just derogatory in any way don't mm-hmm. waste your time at all with them guys don't mm-hmm. but don't think you have to apply for if everything you're ever that... unsure just ask someone else's opinion yeah. even if it's help. like a former tutor a friend who's in the business like just yeah. went past it was like if i had a thing come through i'd like to think mel would you have a look at this mm-hmm. does it look legit or anything like mm-hmm. that and you wouldn't judge me at all you'd be like no no it's just like i'd be concerned looking at this as well so yeah yeah definitely dodgy unspecified pointless casting calls or casting calls for real people Mm. they get rejected you either specify you go into detail or you don't set up a casting call rejected from the business and if you still do it after listening to this 
you're a scumbag. <laughs> you're just not wanted here, okay? You don't even go here. <laughs> well, Mel, it has been absolutely lovely talking to you. And I've got to say, I've enjoyed talking to you so much. And it's just been lovely catching up with you. Would you please, for the benefit of the people listening at home or anywhere all over the world, please give us an encore? <gasps> I would gladly give you an encore. Um, I will throw roses at your feet. <laughs> <laughs> it's a bit of a controversial one. I, I will be interested to know what you'll think. I the controversy like to... is always welcome here. <laughs> I'd like to reject group auditions, please. Oh, okay. I might have put this in because on a personal note, I've made a bit of a tear out myself on many a group audition. Okay. Mm-hmm. I feel that group auditions don't get the actors in the right mindset at all for mm. what they want to do in that audition space. I think that, well, again, this is personal to me, but I feel like as soon as I step into that room with all these other people and there's an audition panel there watching, I feel like I'm being judged on everything. I feel like I'm being judged on the way I sit, the way I do. Should I be talking to other actors? Are they judging me on how I interact with people? Am I being judged on my water bottle or what I'm wearing? No, literally, I <laughs> no, think I get, all I get of these you. things. I'm you know, literally walking into a group audition with an X-Men yeah. animated well, yeah. bottle. So it's like, who's going to judge me for being a <laughs> are they judging me on the warm-up we're now doing in front of the audition panel with all these different people who oh hang on her legs a little bit uh stretchier than mine is she she better than me do you know what i mean yeah. um it makes me feel vulnerable i find it exhausting and sometimes i find that it's actually the lazy choice of the company to choose a group audition rather than mm-hmm. see us individually right and again I have a story. Go on. <laughs> I am all willing for stories here. Uh, story time. <laughs> story time with Livermore. Da, da, da. That'll be a podcast um, in itself. Um, maybe I should think about that. <laughs> <laughs> so this was a drama school audition, which I do understand why they are group auditions. They have a lot of people to get through. And yeah. um, this one was actually a recall audition. So I was buzzing to be there. I was really chuffed. And I think we had to do a dancing call. We had to do, I don't think we did singing. I know, I, don't... I think it was just dancing and acting. And the first part was dancing. And again, we're, we're in a group, so there's lots of people. We get taught this routine and then we get put into smaller groups to perform it. And I'm in my group, we perform it. When we perform it to the audition panel, the girl behind me trips me up and I fall over. Now, yeah, I don't think she did it on purpose. I've no, (laughs) I don't hold a grudge or anything like that. But I fell over. I'm the one falling over. I look like an absolute idiot. The worst thing you can do in a dance audition is fall over, I think. So yeah, that didn't make me feel too good. But what made it worse was um, when we went into the acting audition, we were still in those same small group so I was still with this girl who tripped me over but it was all fine it's all fine and before we started doing our four bloody monologues that we had to learn dear god yeah um four monologues I'm like four Why? Monologues. I know it was not necessary it was uh, oh, yeah um the new audition panel we hadn't met these people I think I met them in the audition original audition but before we all started, they said, oh, I've just got a note here saying how well you did in the dance audition. Let's call her Lydia to mm-hmm. the girl who tripped me up. Yeah. They said, look, you, you did so well in the dance audition. So I'm thinking, oh, 
So they didn't notice that she actually got into my space and tripped me up and also is praising her in front of all the rest of us, not saying anything else to us and just making us feel a bit crap because we maybe the role a was for a sadistic cow. So maybe that's why she got it. <laughs> <laughs> then you're like, oh, okay. So she got praise for her dancing. And now we've got to do our full monologues and just pretend we didn't hear that comment. I, I just feel like, I, I can't perform my best in a grip audition because I feel like I've got to be a cut above the rest and I've got to show off and it shouldn't be about that. And mm. that's how I, it always seems to feel like we have to do that. It just, yeah, it makes me feel like I'm not as good as the other people in the room. Everyone's looking around at each other, you know, who looks the nicest, who looks the most for the best for the part. And there's so many things going through your mind and you can't concentrate on what you're actually there to do, which is, you know, show your best self and, and act and you're not you're not going to get a personal view of each auditionee in that room especially with so, how quick group auditions have so to go quick. because i They're it's the same with interviews like a morning. yeah you're yeah. so right you're so right like they're usually just a morning that's it and you're like with 20 other people and you're like did they even look at me i don't even think they saw me mm. i don't think i i got a barely a chance for that so it's so hard and a whole other thing is that a lot of the time they give you numbers so they don't yeah. even put your name on on your chest like you have how a many number. times at university and were we so told you're a you're a name not a number yeah that was like the <laughs> slogan wasn't it yeah. yeah so many times i've just been given the number and i'm like okay great i'm 22 today so let's hope they like 22 and you're yeah. like okay I'm, I'm hopefully no they're a taylor a swift fan <laughs> catchy might it might help them remember me <laughs> there we go do you there have any some... experiences of group auditions i've done it, some theater auditions where like we have been in group auditions and i do completely agree with you in the sense like you have to perform in front of these other people and then you're questioning whether like they'll get the part and all that sort mm. of thing and i do think there are some benefits to group auditions. And let me explain why. Yeah. Depending on what the production is and how much engagement you need to have with each other. Like, for example, like I, I that, do yeah. my own short films with the quality productions. And mm -hmm. there was the auditions we did for our film Die and Breed. And me and my friend Mark, who is the director, co-writer, we decided to do a group audition because we thought... Right, we want to see what the chemistry is between the certain actors because we thought like the dynamics of the characters needed to have a strong connection. Mm -hmm. But then again, a flip side to that is any good actor should be able to have good connection with anybody. Mm. I think it all depends on like the context. I think if it is yeah. like an individual role, like say now if like we're going for, I don't know, the leading lady, leading actor, if it's for one specific character... Mm. then yes, I do think the group auditions can be rejected Strong. in yeah. that sense. But if it is for something like where you want to see the dynamic between two actors, then I can totally agree with that. I have, and I have had good group auditions. Like I think the, my uni audition was really nice and that was great. Yeah. You know, we had mm -hmm. to perform in front of each other, but I never felt like compared. Like we yeah. actually helped each other because I think... Um, I think I had Yohan <laughs> doing my audition. I did too, yeah. Oh, lush. <laughs> and he he got other auditionees to help the other person performing in some way. Um, mm -hmm. 
which actually made us feel like we were working together rather than against each other what is needed and I do get group auditions where it's about an ensemble piece like of course you need to know how you're going to react interact with each other mm-hmm. but I think there should be some sort of creative freedom in that audition put us in groups and ask us to put devise a little piece like that would be great fun I'd be more than happy to do that yeah don't just make us sit in a circle play games and then maybe do a monologue in the middle of the circle in front of everyone because that's yeah. not very inviting to me which I get, is why I get put off I mean it's almost like you're just thrown to the hounds isn't it yeah yeah it yeah mm. I yeah <laughs> I if it does get recalled, that doesn't mean it stays forever because the I whole know, point of a recall is for that um, thing. Give it another go. Yeah, it could be like another go. And that's why I always say if something gets recalled on the podcast and someone goes away and takes these points on board and then still feels the same of it, yeah, reject mm. it by all means. Mm. I'm but sure some people love group auditions. I think you can't perform at your best unless like you, it's just you mm. and the audition panel. And trust me, I have been part of like some abysmal group auditions where I'm just like, I feel like absolute crap. Why am I here? Why Why am I even acting? And then, but then a couple of days later, I'm just like, okay, it was just one bad audition. Yeah. I just let my mental health get the better of me. And the reason I'm going to say I'm going to give it a recall is because like with the fact, as I said, it all depends on what the production you're going for is. If it's for a ensemble piece and they want to see how well you work with certain people then yeah by all means but i would reject the concept if it is just like a group audition for the sake of a group audition like say now for example they're doing it to save time or money and i understand resources and funds are limited especially with what's going on now but try and spread it out a bit more so that it's not just like oh, you're just a bunch of numbers coming together then rejected for the yeah, other bunch of numbers coming in. let us get something from it. Let us yeah. get something from it so mm. we feel worth the time. Exactly. Yeah. So it's getting a recall from me, <laughs> but like I said, it may not get um, recalled by everybody scared. else. And okay. like, I, like I said, in the second round, you can still get rejected. Okay. So any advice on my next group audition, Scott? Don't be afraid of making a tit of yourself. Yeah, that's a good, good one, one of the best stories yeah. I've heard was like I worked in a shop um, before the lockdown happened and there was a girl who came in and we were talking about her experiences. Like she said, she worked for the Disney parks and she was a dancer. And literally she said she thought she just messed it up and she thought, fuck it, I'm just going to go with it. She was in the dance audition and she forgot like half of the yeah. section and Been instead there. of just like blanking out and just be like oh god what do i do she just made she up went... her own dance routine that's like yeah. did a couple of jazz hands and just acted like an Aww. absolute idiot Aww. and when she got the call to say she got the part they said we gave you the part because you weren't afraid or Aww. you didn't make a big thing of the fact you made a mistake you just carried on and that's, that's why so i nice. think every performer has to remember it's like Live theatre and any form of performance can and will go wrong. It's like, I'll give you an example. Like when I was in a wrestling match in front of a crowd, I forgot a spot like during the match. And then literally, instead of just like conking out and just being like, oh, I don't know what to do. 
I just literally grabbed a hold on my opponent. I just said, what's the next spot? And then he was yeah. just like, hit me against the ropes. Oh, okay. Then I rejogged yeah, it. So work together. Yeah, work together and just don't be afraid of making mistakes because like things can happen. So, yeah. and again, don't think of what the other person is doing. Don't think about what they look like, what the, their experience is. Just focus on you because you are not smaller. You are not bigger. You are on the same (laughs) level. I know it's easier said than done. And everyone in that room is thinking the same thing at the end of the day. They're all thinking, oh, my, but I'm not good enough. I'm not good enough. We've got to just think better. (laughs) I guarantee you there are probably still some like A-list actors who probably still have to audition for things. And they're probably nervous because they don't know when their next job is going to come in. Melissa, thank you so much for joining me on this podcast. And I just want to make a little note before we finish up. It was actually a conversation that I had with you four mm. years ago that made yes. me want to do this podcast. In yeah, the first place. I know. We're in London, right? I think we, so. Yeah. We, we watched Alice in Wonderland. Yes. I remember the, the immersive show, which was yeah. amazing. And then Walking we were just, I think we were just sat there having a, a mocktail but before the yeah. show after the show and then yeah. I just said I've got this idea yeah and then we just started talking we had like about a massive it. chat and then we we're like yeah. you could talk a lot about this so well done you it's a good idea it only took a pandemic and several lockdowns for me to I get mean, the balls to do it <laughs> easy easy yeah exactly and no one could see no, me now anyway so <laughs> it's like I said in the reluctant dragon it's a horse by the magic of theater <laughs> oh yeah by the magic of theater oh and how the cast groaned (laughs) from from their many nights in a tent yeah oh god that that's a podcast in itself waiting to happen (laughs) can we reject that tent i think we did we can reject that tent and all the leaks from it (laughs) before we wrap things up mel could you please tell the lovely audience where we can find you on social media any of your links to your acting pages just a little O-M-G. time to plug your own business. <laughs> okay, so I'm on Twitter at, mm-hmm. it's a bit complicated, but it's at Melissa Rachel underscore L. Mm-hmm. Because apparently Melissa Livermore is a very popular name. Who knew? Um, Ooh, I'm on Instagram. Known. Again, a bit different. It's MelLive93. Mm-hmm. Woohoo. I'm not old. I'm not old. And <laughs> I have a website as well, but I don't update it very much. So just bear with me, okay? It's That's all just melissalivermore.co.uk. That's all good. But to any <laughs> of you um, independent filmmakers or theatre makers or any of you big-time casting directors, if you do need a reliable actress, a multi-talented woman, get in touch with Melissa Livermore because you, you do your first. This is where the recommendations are well, valid, you. people. <laughs> You're very welcome, Mel. And like I said to you guys, you can catch this podcast every Monday afternoon And let me know what some of your pet peeves are. What do you hate about performing arts, whether it's the fact that you work in the industry or whether you're a spectator who just enjoys it. But until next time, guys, stay safe. And when in doubt, jazz hands. (laughs) 